Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Bam. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Okay. It has been a long time since I've brought someone on from Below Deck Med. We've got Casey Cohen here. Hi. Hey, season three. Yes. I just watched all of it in two days all over again just to just to catch up. Ugh, wow. Just to refresh your, your memory. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because actually Hannah was one of my first guests ever on my podcast three years ago. Uh, and, oh. you know, she back then was just, you know, the noob. Yeah. But yeah, I know it's just it was so nice to go back down memory lane. It is. Yeah. So let's get to know you a little bit more before we dive okay. into the story. Uh, if anyone well, if anyone doesn't know Below Deck Med, I'm sure you can do a better job of explaining it. But it's a bunch of what yachties. Yep. Yachties. Yachties yep. who, you know, they're I think that was like the biggest yacht on the show yet. At the time. Yeah. Do you remember how big it was? I don't I don't remember. Um, I believe it was 198 feet. I mean, massive. Seems huge to me. It had like five floors, six floors. I, I have so many questions just about like how the boat works, but okay. yeah. So it's <laughs> it's all the the people who do all the positions, which you will explain. Yep. And then a bunch of guests who are very needy. At least that's how it looks, and mm -hmm. the drama and all the good stuff. So. You were a newbie coming into season three. I was. And you're from Long Island. I love to hear just who who you were before this whole experience. Okay. So who I was, uh, I still kind of am. Yeah. Um, so Casey Cohen um, grew up in Oceanside all my life. Um, I got a bachelor's degree in psychology from Stony Brook University. I did a few pageants here and there. Um, a little bit of modeling, and then um, a neighbor asked me to, because um, I grew up on the water, so right. they had asked me if I wanted to hop on their yacht business because they were chartering yachts just in the day. Just during the and day. I was like, that oh, was, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just in the day. That was like the main thing that was horrible yes. when I was on the season. Oh. Um, so just in the day, and so I did that, and through that is how I got onto the show. Okay, well, before we talk about how you were cast for the show, how far out from your getting your degree in psychology and doing this show, how much time had passed? Did you, did you ever work within that field? Well, as I was in college, just because it was day charters, while I was in college, I was doing this both. to make extra money. Yeah. Cool. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. And one of your stories, we're going to jump into it at the beginning, was just, haha, she doesn't know how to do laundry. Her mom... <laughs> does her laundry, which I'm sure might have been uh, played up a bit. But can you just yeah. talk about that dynamic as far as <laughs> heading in, having never done laundry? <laughs> I mean, I had not to, uh, how do you say, silver service standards. You know, like I would be in college and I would literally throw everything on cold water and leave it be. You know, I didn't separate my white but I knew you had to but so yeah <laughs> I just um, did <laughs> I just did yeah so that whole dynamic was it was a lot and I didn't necessarily like how I was portrayed but I I also understood it you yeah. know it's I, I was a newbie and I had to prove my worth you know I mean I will say obviously we'll go through all this but by the end of it I think you looked awesome but Thank yeah you. definitely at the beginning you the the way it was per portrayed as kind of like this princess like doesn't know how to do anything and they definitely went with that for a few they episodes did. there it was a uh, it was harsh how was your casting experience so i basically applied i had looked um for castings and i had applied okay and i got a phone call and it went through like a different like a few interview processes and then um i got on it was very, like, not easy, of course, but it was simple. I guess it's not like it, it, it I had to go through a few loops, but it wasn't complicated, I guess. Had you watched the show before? Yeah. Okay. I had watched it with Kate Chastain. Yes. Love her. Because I was doing, yeah, I love her. Um, because I had been doing day charters, I was like, oh, I could totally do this. This looks so easy. Yeah. 
And then I actually get there and I was like, oh my goodness, I did not realize. Just because, you know, they're editing, usually one episode is about three days. And they're taking everything and just putting it into 43 minutes of an episode. And so you don't get, it, it is. And it's obviously drama based, but as an audience member, you're not, you're, you're looking at the drama, but you're not actually looking at the extent of the work that they're doing. No. So I was like, oh yeah, I could totally do this. Like it looks easy. And then I got there and I was like, no way. This like, is not easy. It's not. And you were working literally 24 seven. I think I got like four or five hours of sleep. If that. Yeah. I do want to get just into the gist of like what it's like. Yeah. So this season was in Italy, I think. Yes. So how early did you get to Italy before filming or, and did you stay after, did they let you stay? Yeah. So I got there about two days before filming just because, um, they wanted to kind of like get everyone situated because all of us were coming from different locations. So right, it was like, right. a, yeah. So it was like a two day window. And um, I felt like I was kind of in quarantine because they did not let you leave the room for two days. Yep. Bachelor was like that too. So yeah, you go crazy. I, and I didn't, I couldn't have my phone either. Cause obviously like they don't want anybody knowing like who's going to be on the season and whatnot. So yeah, I felt, yeah. And then, I stayed an extra, I think, four days after we finished filming just in case they needed anything else. And then I ended up flying to London and then to Paris because I was already in Europe. So yeah, stay. (laughs) Don't leave. That's so funny. (laughs) Did you train at all before filming started or or when you're filmed walking on the first time? Was that the first time? Uh, Yeah. Like walking. Yeah. Walking on the boat. That was the first time. Um. But before you get on the boat, you have to have like certain certificates, like to be able to work in international waters and stuff like that. So like you do not a crash course, but like you have to do like fire safety, food safety, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So it's like, you know, that aspect of the job, but like us first walking on the boat was the first time we saw the boat. We saw everybody who was working there. It was literally like, we're throwing you in the water. Hope you can swim. (laughs) Don't drown. (laughs) Who did you vibe with immediately? And and who did you not? vibe with right away so I immediately like vibed with Chuao and I don't think they showed it enough because me and him had a friendship before the whole love triangle happened Mm -hmm. so I vibed with him immediately and then Jamie was my roommate but she was very standoffish at first like I think she was kind of like the whole like princess but I came on the suit like on the boat with like two big suitcases (laughs) and those rooms look small they're so small. Like they put the suitcases in lockers, oh, okay. like underneath the boat. Got it. But like I would take like the clothes, like to go out and stuff like that that I needed, and I'd put it in the little <laughs> cabinet that I had. But <sighs> Jamie took like one look at me and was just like, "Who is this princess?" Yep. So, but uh, you know, she soon after ended up liking me, and then we connected. She was my best friend on the on the boat. She was okay. Yeah. What about Captain Sandy? What did you think of of her at first? So. Captain Sandy is very intimidating. She's very nice, but she's very intimidating. And she came on, I think, because she had complications with Hannah. And I hadn't seen the season previous, but I had known that she had a complication with Hannah and Adam. And once I saw the two of them there, I was like, okay, this should be interesting. So she came on very strong Mm. and was like, we're going to be doing this and we're going to be doing that. And we're not going to have the same thing of last season repeat this season. Mm. So I think because them two were there, she came on a lot um, strong. I mean, she's a strong woman in general, but I think she wanted to make it clear, like, you can't mess with Captain Sandy and get away with it. Doesn't seem it. No. No. And um, But she was amazing, and she's um, she's a big team player. And she, in with all my seasickness and me being a third stew, being green, meaning inexperienced right. and coming out to the job, she was very supportive and she like didn't give up on me when everyone else was. Hmm. So it meant a lot to me because she believed in me like I believed in me and I needed that, you know? Well, my roommate and I have been watching for two days and we want to be yachties. <laughs> we're not qualified because I don't even know the names of these positions. So you were a what stew? A third. Third stew. Is that yeah. like the entry level? And mm-hmm. then you get bumped up to what? Second? Yep. And then you get bumped up to chief. Chief, which is Hannah. Yes. Okay. All right. And then the deck hands are completely different. So you do like the interior. Yeah, I do the interior. Yeah. 
and okay. maybe the exterior. Yeah. Maybe I have a little bit more knowledge than you I do. Thought. You do. It's just the name. You know what you're doing. It's just the name. <laughs> so, okay. Before we get into your story, I, I do have to know about this boat. So yes. how many bedrooms because a lot of them were couples or like groups of friends. Like it's, I don't, right. I don't imagine everyone had their own room, but how many were there? So, um, on the boat itself, like without, um, like the production and all that kind of stuff, I believe the boat had about seven rooms, but what we used for the show was the master bedroom and then, um, four separate rooms, um, that like, you mix with people. I see. Okay. Yeah. And then y'all's rooms are just literally the twin bunk bed and mm -hmm. like, I didn't it's even like see a closet. closet. Yeah. It was a yeah. closet basically. It was basically a closet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have like right by the, um, like when you're laying on the bed, like your wall, that is considered your closet. Um, <laughs> so I literally would like roll up my clothes and just shove them in there and like, shove the closet in hopes that I could fit as much as I could as possible but yeah and then um I don't know if you saw but at one point Colin's showing Joao his shoes mm -hmm. that was another area where we could have like things yeah but it seems like those tiny little twin beds were the only place and not even really because you had a roommate and couples and stuff that you could like just kind of decompress by yourself yeah so you can but you're also of course being watched you know so it's like always being watched and so there really was nowhere to decompress except for the bathroom because obviously you don't have cameras in the bathroom that was how we were on the show if we ever needed yeah. to have a conversation we would sneak into the bathroom or into something. the bathroom yeah. yeah or i'd go in like the shower and be like yes oh. turn the turn the water on yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious so you know exactly yes yeah yeah that's funny and then the hours the guests sleep at some point so we know that but but it seems you guys are up way before everybody. And then mm -hmm. on the show, some of you are up to like three in the morning. So so how does the timing work? So basically in a yacht in general, you're supposed to have eight hours of sleep. Whether you decide to sleep during those eight hours, you don't know. And you don't actually, at least for us on the boat, you don't. And any yachty knows you never actually get eight hours of sleep, but that's the law. Oh, and because you're always doing extra stuff, you know, and the guests are always up. You can't plan like that. Um, and then when it comes to um, so the different positions have different shift times, which also don't it's just a guideline because, again, you're always doing something. Um, so Hannah would always or the chief stew would always pick the preferred time that she wanted. Right. And then the third stew would either switch off with the second stew of doing um late or mornings because the chiefs do obviously doesn't want to be up till three or four in the morning with the guests nor do they want to get up at five in the morning to Ugh. start breakfast so i never switched off with brooke i was always which is the second stew sorry i was always doing morning so i would go to go to bed at like 12 one ish wow and then i would wake up at five to start breakfast service at well preparing for breakfast service at 5 30 so you would do like the you know i would press the juice like the orange juice and the apple juice and the grapefruit and all this kind of stuff so you set up for the day basically it was it was rough i'm just thinking too like when does well adam at the time like he's gotta prep breakfast after mm -hmm. breakfast he's probably prepping for lunch doing lunch mm -hmm. he never got a break ever no i mean that's the one that's it's just him like yeah when did he sleep? So with Adam, he would sleep, like he would go to bed. Well, it depended on when the guests were done eating. And then he was very um, particular with how you clean his kitchen. And like, he would never let any of us go in there to cook anything. Cause that was the only place that you could like make food. So he would finish around like 12 or one. Yeah. And then he'd go to bed and then wake up around 7 30. And <laughs> oh. I would have to wake him up sometimes because his alarm wouldn't go off. And I was up at 5.30. So if I saw that he didn't start breakfast at least by 8, I'd go in there, wake him up, and be like, I'm so sorry. Like, wake up. <laughs> I know you want to sleep more. Yeah. How many bathrooms are you – like, one, two? Well, in our actual um, room, we each get a bathroom. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, like, oh. yeah. So in each of our rooms, we had our own bathrooms. Um, and then you couldn't use the bathrooms – 
that the guests would use. But the guests, they had their own bathroom too in each room. And then they had like two bathrooms throughout the boat that they could have used too. So every it was easy with the bathrooms, but we couldn't use those. I'll probably think of more. <laughs> but so your story starts, you're new, haha. I don't know how to do laundry and you're mm-hmm. seasick immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which somehow I guess seasickness garners a lot of hate uh, both on social oh media and with your, so much what the heck? I have no idea. And it's, it's interesting because I never get seasick here. And then I was like, okay, Mediterranean waters, a lot different than just Long Island waters. And then what nobody knew, you remember the hurricanes that were happening in yes. like the Caribbean at the time? Yep. We were getting the backlash in the water of the hurricanes. Yeah, there was that one episode where everyone was like, whoa. Yeah. And like the guests would get seasick. Some of, uh, who else got seasick? I can't remember, but somebody else got seasick, like felt sick. And I'm like, here I am, like one of the crew members. And I was like, here I am. I got ridiculed on social media for being sick. And then someone mentions in the crew that they didn't start to feel well and nobody says anything. And I was like, you know, what the heck and Bob, you know, it was so weird. And then Captain Lee came to my defense. Oh, well, I mean, I guess the problem was that because you were new, right? Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. it was right at the first charter. This is happening, obviously. So no one knows your abilities. You're just, you know, in bed trying to get better. Yeah. But either way, it's not like it's your fault that your body is not taking well to that. Exactly. And the thing that I also didn't necessarily like with editing, I also, I get it, but they, if you pay attention, which I'm sure you did, but I'm saying if the audience was like actually like honing in, mm-hmm. you see me, you know, nauseous and throwing up in different locations on the oh, boat. And you have that little bin or My whatever. Little bucket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, yes, I did go into bed and I did rest and stuff like that, but you see me get sick in other rooms in the boat which meant that I was working. Right. You just don't see me working. You just see me throwing up in those rooms. So that was another thing because everyone's like, oh, she's so lazy. She doesn't do anything. And it was like, I was trying, you know, I was pushing through. That's why Captain Sandy was like, I don't want to give up on her because it's not like she's just throwing in the towels. She's trying, yeah. Yeah. you know, she's trying to work through it. So I'm trying to go through all the guests. The first, they looked the worst. If you think of the, the nut catastrophe, the where my nuts. But then the second charter m- oh, made it look like the first charter was nothing. Yeah. Who, who, in your opinion, was the the toughest for you personally? For me personally, I'd probably say the first guest only because I was down and I was trying to do better and having them be so demanding while I was feeling so sick and feeling the pressure of Jamie getting mad because she had to help me in the interior and hannah mad because i have a gr- like she has a green stew who's now sick like i think so much pressure with such demanding guests at that time it had to be the first the first group yeah they were rough they they were rough and like it's it, you also don't get to see everything which is unfortunate but what did we miss of the the toughest for you what did we not see i mean or with any of them i guess any any yeah. moment where you were just like oh I feel like I was like that with all of them. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like some of, some of them were great, but like they all had their moments where you were like, I really can't put up with this today. Or mm. there was one, it was actually fun, but at the same time it was too much. It They had a obstacle course and they wanted all of us to participate. And it was just a, like, not only are you exhausted, but then it was a grueling process on your body to be in the middle of the ocean and like doing an obstacle course where you're climbing up things on and the yacht? jumping yeah, on the yacht. Jeez. And with like the water toys and stuff like that. And I was like, for a normal person, this is fun, but I'm physically and emotionally Exhausted. drained. Yeah. And exa- yeah. So I was just like, oh. and then of course, like you lose and you're just like, eh, you know. <laughs> oh, I, I, I do love the little, the earpieces. It's funny because at least on my experience, the producers had those earpieces, right? Where you're like, copy, yeah. whatever. Are you hearing that just all day long? Everybody's directing everyone? Yeah. So usually you're all on the same frequency, like the same channel. Okay. And so you would hear like, like, for example, like if Joao needed to call Conrad or something like that, like, and I'm in the laundry room, like I hear what they're talking about. Yeah. And then when they were docking, Captain Sand, because like we would be also 
like tending to the guests. So Captain Sandy would be like, okay, deck crew, hop onto a different channel so we can dock and not bother the interior. And then they would just hop back on with us. Oh, this is so cool. Yeah, you're hearing it all day. So like what I guess our crew was like pretty fun. And it was very early on that like somebody would say something and I'd be like, that's what she said, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you can like hop in and even if they're, yeah, that's fun. Oh yeah. my gosh. And then, so is, is third stew on paper, I guess, what would your job description be? Probably how I had it. I mean, it's entry level. So you're stuck in the laundry room, you're stuck making and turning down the cabins, but you're also supposed to, learn how to do other things you know you're also the buffer between the chief stew and the second Mm -hmm. so if someone needs a drink and they're in the middle of doing like dinner service or whatever I'm the one that has to hop up and make the drink type of thing so you basically have to I I guess this came up but be a bartender yeah make coffee laundry cleaning Mm -hmm. serving Mm -hmm. you kind of have to do everything you do and like that's why I mean not not that's why it's entry level but you have so many things that you have to learn with so many responsibilities that it's like you kind of have to not be lenient with the Mm -hmm. third stew but they're they're in the middle of learning so it's like you can't be too harsh on them and then even Kevin Sandy was like she's an entry level position like obviously she's not going to know how to do a lot of things so and even um even Adam came to your defense and was like you Mm -hmm. can tell that she's trying like she's working hard Yeah. Okay. Before we get to Hannah, let's just talk. I think it was, where was it where you kind of first start hitting it off with Joao is Capri. 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 Yes. Mm -hmm. And he gets caught on this, this thing you say, which is, you said you haven't had sex in eight years. Yeah. And he just keeps bringing it up. Yeah. And then he spread it with everyone in the boat. I was like, what the heck? What's cool about, I I did like these little snippets where you got to share your story and you're like, my parents have been married forever. They've got the best marriage. Like, it seems like relationships and sex you really, really value, which is cool. Yeah. Like, how did your parent, I just would love to know like the story of your parents and, and what you've learned from their relationship and stuff. So... My parent, well, my mom's born and raised in Colombia. Okay. So she came here and they met at, um, it was my uncle. My uncle was getting married and she was friends with his wife. They are now divorced, but anyway. Oh. Yeah, I know. But um, at least it brought my parents together. Yeah, I mean, thank you. <laughs> yeah, right. So they went to the, my mom went to the engagement party, I think it was. And my dad was there because he's the brother. Mm-hmm. And my dad said he saw my mom from like across the room and immediately knew that that was the girl he wanted to marry. Oh, um, that's still, yeah. it doesn't exist anymore, but. It doesn't. And the funny thing is, is that my mom barely spoke any English. And so um my dad was like constantly trying to call her and like win her over and she wasn't really into it it's like she was not only was she afraid of like american boys because she heard the stigma that like yep american couples go away on the weekend and like have premarital sex and all this kind of stuff whatever ew (laughs) ew so gross (laughs) so she ended up allowing i mean she ended up going on a date with my dad and you know my dad brought um a dictionary with him like a spanish and english dictionary so they could communicate and wow. he basically won her over and i love that yeah i just love their their story and then you shared so you were in a serious relationship what out of college so yeah i was yeah i was in my senior year of high school and then i went away to college into, was yeah. there for a year um still dating so i was dating him for two and a half years and you thought he was like the dude. Yeah. And like, I always wanted to wait, but like, I thought that this was the guy that I was going to marry. So and I kind of felt a little pressured too, but well, yeah. So did the deed did and the deed. did the deed. And I came home from college one weekend and I went to his house to surprise him. And then I walk in and like, there's clothes literally everywhere in the living room. And right then and there, I knew. Mm. that he had cheated on me but I wanted to know who it was with like that was like I don't know why I I would want to know that too honestly yeah right do I know her is she what yeah yeah so I think right then and there I kind of knew who it was but I wanted to make sure so I walk up and like I walk in the room they're like in the middle of doing it (gasps) and I was like 
oh my goodness oh, uh-uh. and he was like oh i didn't know you were gonna be here and i was like oh this is my fault sorry you should have told me you were coming i wouldn't have cheated on you at this minute exactly i didn't know you were gonna walk in that probably just devastated you it did and he lives two blocks away from me so like i still see him when you know like i drive by and like it's just very awkward but i mean not anymore i don't care but i'm at the time it was awful you know, it's the first guy that, like, I was in love with. Yeah. I lost my virginity to him. Well, the only guy I had sex with. It was, yeah, it was crazy. And then, you know, Joao does a, a great job of making it seem like he wants to be that guy at first who's going to win you over. Yeah. LOL at that. <laughs> he, uh, he was very adamant throughout the whole entire season. He, even when he was with, with Brooke, um, he, he said to her, he still wanted to break my streak. And I was like, why would you oh, say in that? in bed with her. Yeah. Why would you say that? Like, you don't, like, oh, it was funny for me. But, like, yeah. And then I got in trouble because I found out. But because he had said that to her, she got mad at me about it. And I was like, I wasn't there. I mean, you it's, know? it's like, easy to get mad at, like, the girl, right? Like I know, you but you shouldn't get mad at the I girl. Know, I know. It's stupid, but alas. What did you what did you like about him? Because like even throughout, you know, after he told you it was you, you leave the table and then he makes out with Brooke. He pick, I guess, picks her, but then then continues the season flirting with you. And you had even said like, oh, it's hard because I'd still like him. So what was it? Because I don't think we saw even no, you didn't. the origins of your friendship. So what did we miss right. about that? So yeah, you guys didn't get to see that we actually had like a pretty quick friendship as soon as I got on the boat. And then when it came to my seasickness, he was the only one who actually would check up on me. He would come into my room to make sure I was breathing, to make sure that I was eating and I had water and electrolytes. At one point, he was doing anchor watch at like three in the morning. And I guess he heard that I was like throwing up or something. And he literally like helped me. Hmm. He came into my room and he helped me go up to the, the bow at like, and we were just like watching the, um, the horizon. And he was just like, try and watch her. Like he literally helped me so much with my seasickness. And obviously at that point we weren't flirting. He was just being such a nice guy and like being someone that I needed, like a friend. Mm-hmm. And, I saw that side to him. So when it came to him flirting with both me and Brooke, I was like, okay, so you're kind of a jerk. But I also saw the nice person that you are. And I don't know. I just. Well, it seems that Brooke had the kind of the same thing where she's like, yeah, he's yeah. a jerk, but he's nice. Mm-hmm. We saw sides of him that others hadn't. Mm-hmm. And when me and her would talk about it, because you guys also didn't see that, but like we would talk about how he would flirt with both of us. And she was just like, oh, she had a boyfriend at the time. So she was just like, you know. She had a boyfriend while she was on the, I thought they broke up. They did break up. But like in the. At the beginning. Yes. Yeah. At the beginning they were like, yeah. And then they were still kind of talking, but they were broken up and she was flirting with Shuao. And it was just, it was kind of like a whole like their own love triangle going on too. Mm. But like me and her had spoken about it quite a few times. And we were like, or even after when they were already kind of to get like they weren't boyfriend and girlfriend but they were like obviously like their own little unit right um she would talk to me about certain things about him because either hannah didn't like him or conrad would like that was tough that dynamic yeah yeah and she would like come to me to be like you know how he is like you know he has a nice side like what do i say to hannah what you know it was like it was hard. It was weird because, like, he's still flirting with me, but I'm trying to help her, like, with him. It was weird. It was very weird. I don't think you ever really had the intention of, like, having a full-fledged romance on... Like, you never no. seemed that interested in, like, committing... No, it was just fun to flirt. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I wasn't... Yeah, I didn't want to steal him or anything. Like, it was just fun. And I even told him, I was like, we're on here for six weeks. I'm not the type of girl that's going to have a fling. I'm literally going to want to be in a relationship. But... You're going to go back to Zimbabwe. Yeah, where I'm not going to have a six-week relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. We'll get more into the love triangle, but I do want to just talk about the whole uh, Hannah situation. From the beginning, you know, it's like, how do I make a Bloody Mary? How do I make a coffee? 
And that was hysterical, by the way. I would have to Google how to make a Bloody Mary. I have no idea. <laughs> I would make them, but it would already be a pre-made Bloody Mary mix he, like on the boat that I worked at. So like to make an authentic one, I was like, no, clue. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. It's red. <laughs> I know that. And I know it's yep. spicy sometimes, but yep. couldn't tell you what's in it. No idea. But no idea. Hannah kind of starts getting on your case about like, let's look at her resume. I got to see what's on it. And then the resume says you're what silver, what is that? Silver service, silver service and barista, which it's so funny. Cause she's like, you're certified barista. And you're like, it's not like I work at Starbucks or anything, <laughs> but I can press a button. So, but that's the thing. The, the, the machine we were using was a, an espresso as if it was like a Keurig machine, but an espresso so one. You literally press a button. Exactly. And that's what we were doing. And I was making coffee. So she's like, you don't know how to make a coffee. And I was like, I've been doing two charters of making coffees. Clearly I can. Okay. I got to know about this, this resume thing though, because it was yes. so funny. Brooke was like, you know, I judged my resume, but I don't know if I did it that much. So you say you didn't put silver, whatever yeah. on your resume. So let me hear the story. Well, I, I think everyone should hear it of how your resume came about. Okay. So I had put my resume together and I had a friend in yachting and I was just like, is this how you do a yachting resume? How does this look? Da, 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 da. And he was like, I'm going to fix it up for you. Don't worry. You're going to get the job. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, cause I really wanted to be on the show. Yeah. And he was like, okay, here you go. And I skimmed it. Like I barely read it. I didn't know what silver service meant. I was like, oh, that sounds great. You know, like I can serve with exactly. silver plates. I don't know. With silver plates. <laughs> so that's how that came about. And then as she's asking me about it, I was like, I didn't write that. And she was just like, what do, you mean? what do you mean you didn't write that? And I was like, I had a friend polish it for me, not knowing that. Because again, I know how to make a coffee. Do I know how to do it with like the putting the grinds in and all that? No. But I didn't have to do that because I didn't have to do that on the boat, clearly. Um, and then when it came to bartending, like I actually did have like my bar my bartending certificate, but I got that when I was 18 and I was 24 on the show. So it's like every all the Long Island bars here, because you want to do it fast pace, it's all pre-made mixes. So I didn't think like it was a big deal. And here I am not knowing how to make a Bloody Mary. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, much. the irony yeah. of it, though, is like I feel like the only person who really had a stink about it was Hannah. Hannah. And I yes. how did you feel about her kind of going around to the entire yacht and telling everybody about this situation so i didn't ask, if it wasn't for joao i would have never known that she was doing that okay so he told you all right so he told me that she was you know talking about telling it telling everyone yeah and then at one point i walk into the kitchen frustrated and, and adam can see it on my face and he's basically telling me not to give up like mm -hmm. hannah's a mean girl and like that's just what they do and i have to prove myself to hannah but more important i have to prove myself to sandy and he was just giving me words of advice and it like, I think it, I knew in myself I had to do it, but hearing Adam just like reaffirm me, it felt good. Um, and it wasn't until I saw it on camera, like as the show's airing that like, she was actually like showing people like my resume, like here, look at this. Well, and there's just, there's so many moments, right? Where she, she says like, Casey, do this. And you say, okay. And then she turns around and the camera will catch her like rolling her eyes or something, which yeah. obviously you don't see mm -hmm. until it airs, right? Where it's like, exactly. you literally couldn't do anything right. I, I really couldn't. And it would be like, she would check everything that I did to a T. So like the bedroom, she'd come in and she'd double check. And then like, if, if one of the guests used the bathroom after I had already done their room, Hannah would come in and be like, oh, well, you didn't, you know, mark the toilet paper. And I was like, well, I did. But they came down to use the bathroom in the meantime. And like, it was just like a constant criticizing me for everything. And I felt like I was in a microscope. You didn't feel, though, like that it was to make you better. You felt like it was maybe to, to put me down. Yeah, right. I felt like if it wasn't for Brooke trying to uplift me and trying to show me or you know, tell me to keep going. She was very, Brooke was the type of chief, chief stew that I think I, I needed because she was very, she wasn't critical of me. She was just like, okay, you're going to do better. Okay. You're going to do it this way and it'll be better. You know, meanwhile, Hannah was just like, this isn't good. You're not doing it right. Pay attention to the list. 
da, 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 and I'm just like, I am paying attention to all this. Like, it's just clearly not the way you want it, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, and you handled that. She came in the room and kind of came at you, I think, when you were cleaning or something. And you handled it really well where she was. Thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I think even Kate Chastain tweeted that. She's like, yeah, Casey, like, yeah. nailed that like a champ. Yeah, she's, um, Kate was, well, she still is, but she was very supportive. Um, and that felt good because I think Ch- Kate Chastain is also the type of chief stew that I would work well with because in every season, I mean, I know she gets backlash, but I think she, her work ethic is amazing and she really wants everyone to succeed at the end of the day mm-hmm. and she'll do anything. And if it's not working the way that she normally would teach somebody, she tries to do it in a different way. And I think that that's really what I needed because Hannah wasn't really willing to adapt to the, how I guess I learn or really teach you anything. Right. Or teach me anything. It was everything that I had learned was through Brooke. I mean, Hannah t- taught me like one thing of how to like, uh, I forget what it is, but do the linen on the, on the champagne and wine bottle. She taught me how to do that. Oh, I, I think we saw that actually. Yeah. yeah and she's like, was, yeah. She's like, Working it at me, yeah, shooting it at me. She wanted to kill me. Well, the, the funniest thing is that whenever Hannah, I think it was either the day that she, I think it was a day she wasn't feeling well, you and Brooke worked great together. Mm-hmm. And I like we we both killed it. Yeah, and you could tell like everything was just flowing. Right, and I don't not that I don't understand, but like I think it was good that she was down because I needed to prove myself in that aspect. But it just sucked that she couldn't see it. I don't think she would have seen it even if she was up. Probably not. But we got the biggest hit that charter. So it was like, I even made a joke about it or something like that. Like, oh, I guess I don't need you. (laughs) Before she confronted you about the resume, did you feel tension with Hannah? Like, did you have a feeling? Okay. The first day. I mean, I know that she was being, um, she was being understanding and she was trying to like help me feel better. But there was tension, I feel like, right away because I feel like she was just like, who is this girl? Why is she seasick? Like, she, I, I don't think she was understanding to a, to a point. And it, I felt tension the first day. Wow. Yeah. And then, like, obviously, there's tension between Hannah and Sandy. So you felt that, too. Yeah. The fact that Adam and, and Hannah were, like, getting along, I was like, this is interesting because I had heard that they had had drama. So I just feel like there was already, like, pre-tension when I got there and then the fact that I wasn't really doing that much um to her standards it just caused even more tension let's go back to the love triangle just a bit I talked about the moment where Joao says it's you (laughs) and then he makes out with Brooke I I'm just it never really showed you react to that yeah I I know I would have been like what the fuck if that yeah. <laughs> happened to me. Did it, did we not see anything or were you really just like, okay, bye? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was basically like, okay, bye. Um, <laughs> I got up to help clean because that's, I, I don't even know if you guys hear it, but basically they're like, okay, let's start cleaning up. So I got up to help clean. And that's, I guess when Brooke decided to sit down and then I come back from putting something on the boat and I see that they're like super close and talking. And I was like, oh my God, like Brooke and Joao are like super close. And they start like making out and Jamie's like, and I look over and I was like, wow, they're making out, you know, like it didn't phase me. And I think, I mean, yes, I like flirting, but I think that just proves that I didn't really care about him as in like wanting to be with him. True. And then the way that I work is like, okay, you want to be with somebody else. You don't see my worth. That's perfectly okay. I know what I offer somebody. So you want to go and do you? perfectly fine no harsh feelings type of thing so when I saw that I was like "Mm, okay you have a cool attitude on like dating men and stuff it's awesome well so once Joao it never really commits to Brooke but like they commit to making out and holding hands or whatever yeah Hannah hates him and Mm -hmm. so then immediately because of that starts hating on Brooke so I, I wonder just overall, obviously you guys are in a very close space with each other. How do you feel drama as a group? Like, does when, when one couple is fighting, does everyone feel it? I mean, you could feel it with Brooke and Joao if they were fighting, but you, I felt like you could feel it more when it was with Hannah and Conrad. Ah. And that was because they were two department heads. So 
if Hannah was having a, a bad day or was fighting with Conrad, like, I don't think she meant to, but, like, she would obviously, like, take it out on us, kind of. And then same with Conrad. Like, again, I don't think he meant it, but, like, his head wouldn't really be there. And then I would hear it back from, like, Joao or Jamie that, like, something was going on in the in the um, exterior. So I think that's where you felt it more. And then when the whole 50-euro thing happened, like, that mm. fight, like, they would fight in front of us. So seeing those fights, and oh, it was just... You're all, like, in it. Yeah. Yeah, we're all in it. And then it makes it awkward because it's like, well, who do you go to, like, talk to and help? Like, who do you go to to support or who do you go to to try and change their mind and make the situation better? You know, it was... It's very awkward. It was like a mom and dad kind of thing with both couples, you know? Well, and even like all those times, you know, you're, you guys go out, right? And you're all in those vans or whatever. And someone's fighting when people are in the van. Like, it's just, you're just like, oh, hello. So awkward. You just sit there and you're like. <laughs> Do I get involved? Do I not? Yeah. Oh, yikes. It was um the one night where Joao and. Conrad had gotten in a fight with Hannah and then Joao got too drunk and was like almost started do you see like almost the fist fight between Conrad and okay yeah so all of us were like oh my god and I ended up going in the middle of it to try and stop it and then Colin came to try and pull I think it was Joao away and it's like in one of those moments do you go in to try and break them up or not and I stupidly went in to try and I was thankful I didn't get hit or anything. Nobody, like, threw punches, but... Well, Joao had, like, to major apologize for that, too. He got a lot of shit at the end of that season. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. I think it was good that he came back for another season because he had a redemption season. You know, he got to show everybody how nice he is and, like, that side of him. You know who I would have loved to have seen from? It's Colin. Yeah. We saw none of Colin. I mean, every time we saw him, he was funny or, like, dancing or something. Justice yeah. for Colin. I would have loved to have seen more of him, to be honest. Yeah. And even in the next season, it's the same it's thing. Still, like, like, I, yeah. I didn't understand that. Because, yeah, he is really funny and he's a great guy. But he just didn't get into drama and, you know, unfortunately. And professed his love for Brooke way too late. I know. I know. But she, I feel like she knew. We all knew in, early on in the beginning that he had a thing for her. So when Joao went for her... I remember having a conversation with Colin, like, are you okay? Because, like, that's your roommate slash best friend. Knowing that you had a thing for Brooke went for Brooke. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. I'm cool. Like, it's whatever. But, like, clearly it bothered him. And then he came out with it later, like, too late. But all of us knew that he had a thing for Brooke. So I don't know how Brooke didn't know. I think she knew. It was kind of shitty, though. There were a few moments where Joao came off as, like, there was a conversation you had. There was a moment there where Brooke was kind of sensing, like, lots of flirtation between the two of you after they had, you know, like committed or whatever. And yeah. you guys are on the boat and you're like, if had I not gotten up at that moment to clean the boat, would things be different? And it kind of came off t on his end of being like, well, yeah, it didn't happen because you got up. Like, I didn't ask you to get up. It was very like, dude. As if it's my fault. Yeah. yeah. Like that to me was manipulative AF. Yeah. And it was very weird because, like, I knew that in my head almost all season. And then when we finally talk about it and he admits, like, I mean, I know he kind of put blame on me, but when he admits it, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I was right. And then I couldn't even talk about, like, because how am I going to go to Brooke and be like, ha -ha, you know, like, this is what he said to me. Like, I don't want to hurt her feelings. No. So it was like I couldn't. It was just very weird. And, like, I was mad about it because he was basically blaming me for, for it. You for getting up and not him yeah. for n not being able to not make out with someone when you leave. <laughs> like, right. It's so stupid. So stupid. And they, even after that conversation, he was still, like, kissing Brooke in the pantry and stuff like that. And I'm just like, we literally just had this conversation that, like... It's so bizarre. Very weird. I don't understand, man. Like, like, men just... I don't know. They're just silly. But then the funniest thing is... Once once their relationship, Brooke and Joao, happen, Hannah gets mad. Hannah starts kind of latching on to you. Mm -hmm. We became best friends. <laughs> Which is so funny. And you did say, like, oh, like, this is really random. Now I'm becoming the person you talk shit about Brooke to. Yeah. Were, when that was happening, it seems like the whole time you were kind of, like, side-eyeing it. But 
I mean, by the end of the season, you guys did hug, and she said, "I'll give you a ref. I'll be your reference." Like, did you become yeah. close with Hannah, or was it always just kind of like surfacey? I think it was all surfacey. I mean, towards the end, we became close in the sense that like she liked me, but I don't think it was ever. I wouldn't say genuine. I I feel like it just wasn't like law like it. It was for the moment. It wasn't a, like a longevity type of thing. And then when I would see her like in LA and stuff like that, like we'd hang out and it'd be cool, but it still didn't feel like it was friends. Yeah. And then she's made it very clear since then too that like she never saw me in that way. So in my mind, it, <laughs> it's like okay, I knew that, but like wow, I'm also not shocked but a little surprised you know i don't know okay so at the end of the day everyone by the end is like you've done so well look at the growth so proud so what can you say the biggest difference is from day yachts in long island to mediterranean (laughs) massive yachts 24 hours a day what did you learn about like the differences between them uh differences you barely sleep um (laughs) The service is immaculate. The guests are a lot more demanding and dirty. Like day charters, you don't get to see how dirty they are, like with their rooms. Yeah, people with money are very dirty. I'm so shocked. So much drama on the boat. So much drama constantly. Even probably with like guests too. Like I'm drunk. Mm -hmm. Like that one chick at the end who was so wasted. Oh, yeah, she got really drunk (laughs) and they had to like carry. Literally, Hannah was like, one more step. One more step. <laughs> There's I never a dull they moment. Were, they were a, they were a good group, but yeah, they um never a dull moment. No, and you get to see the most vulnerable sides of these guests because they are either really really drunk or they get in a fight with their spouse, and you just see it all. And that's a lot different because on day charters, like in three or four hours, it's like, all right, we'll take we'll we'll discuss this at home. Totally My, right. Yeah. And here you get like a front row show. Are they sleeping till like 11, 12? Like what? Some of them. Wow. Some of them sleep till, I think the latest was like two, but some of them sleep till like 11 or 12. Others um, would wake up at like 6 a.m. And I'm like, you literally went to bed at three. How are you up at so six? So you basically have to be up in preparation for people that may, may never get up early, but you just have to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, Adam would never get a break because you never know. Or even if he did go to sleep, but people would stay up till four in the morning, we would then have to wake up Adam and be like, okay, it's four in the morning. I'm sorry, but they want nachos. Like, you got to get up and make them nachos. It's like a, literally like a hotel, but like more luxurious, I'd say. But any waking minute, you have to be ready and you have to be up. So there's always one person up, like usually doing anchor watch. And if they saw a guest up, and they needed a stew or they needed Adam, they'd come wake us up and we'd have to go and jump into work mode. In like 10 seconds. Yep. And you can never really be in a bad mood. No. I mean, you have to fake it. Yeah, um, fake a smile. Obviously, with all the drama going on, you can't show that to the guests. And some of the guests actually would pick up on it. Well, some of them knew who was dating and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But they they would like pick up on it or they like they would pick up on if they didn't know who was dating, they'd see the chemistry. So a lot of like at the time, a lot of the guests knew, like didn't know that Brooke and Joao were like kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But they would think that me and Joao were a thing because they'd see how we were with each other and be like, oh, so you two are uh, getting it on. And we're like, no, Mm-mm. no. Were any of them like shocked by production of a show? You know what I mean? Like, did they ever say, how do you guys do this? Or like, isn't this crazy? Or was everyone pretty good with with cameras and mics? I feel like a lot of them were good, but they would make certain comments like in the beginning, like, oh, I don't I don't know how you guys could be like film 24 seven or um, I have to be careful with what I say. Like, how do you guys do that? Like, are are you guys like filtering yourself? And I'm just like. Uh, I don't have the emotional capacity to even worry about filtering myself. Exactly. I don't even know how I'm functioning right now. I can't even worry about what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of caffeine and Red Bull. I will tell you, our our fridges were stocked with so much Red Bull. It was like my heart the whole time. (sighs) Yeah, constantly. And then no wonder you can't just immediately like nap on command. If we got breaks, yeah. Like you couldn't just like take a nap because we were all like, you know, hyped up on caffeine. It was insane. Yeah, it was crazy. 
Well, here's my last big question is, uh, why did you not come back? So every season, they'll like ask me if I would, but they don't officially ask me to come back. And I think it really depends on... Do you say yes? Yeah, of course. I would go back in a heartbeat. Um, But I think it really does depend on like how they want the season. Not that they like have prejudgment on the season, but I think they want like... Obviously, they wanted Joao to come back. I think they wanted to give him that opportunity to, like, be promoted and to see how he would handle it by also giving him a redemption season. But then there's someone like Colin, right, who didn't really bring a lot to the show, but maybe they just needed another boy. Yeah. So I don't know why I didn't get asked back, like, officially. Yeah. But I think the window's still always open. I still talk to all the production crew. Um, They know that I'm willing to come back. So it really just depends. And I think it's the demand, not saying that like I didn't have a high demand, but I think it really depends on, you know, how many, like if people actually like are like, let's bring them back. Like, you know, it's. I thought you were great. I mean, I. Thank you. And you had, you had so much airtime. Like. I did. You were in everything. I mean, for, for me, I was like, but I guess when you look at the cast lists of a show like Below Deck Med versus anything else on Bravo, the cast list definitely shifts a lot more than like, you know, Bugsy was on and then she left and then she's back, like things like that where you're seeing new faces, old faces. Yeah, I think they're constantly like switching and picking people up, putting them back down. Right. But yeah, like they even just announced that Eddie from the Caribbean season, who's been off for like four or five seasons, is now coming back. So it's part of me feels like kind of whiplashy. Like, I don't know if I love it, but but there's me not seeing you on. I feel like there's still hope that you'll end up on because I hope, I've seen yeah. it before. Yeah, right. So what are you up to now? I mean, obviously, are you doing day yachts again? <laughs> Uh, I'm not, I mean, if they need me, cause they are my, my family friends. Like if they need me, I'll hop on for a day or two. Now you're like a pro probably. You're like, give me all, yep. the, I'll be the stew. I'll be the captain. I show them all yeah. my new tricks. <laughs> you're teaching everybody at this point. <laughs> yeah. Actually it was because of, I don't know if it was because of me, but because of what they had seen with me on the show, they now change the whole uniform so that it's like all like dark colors and stuff like that. It's great. You guys were like black and red, I think. Right. Yep. Yeah. So they changed that. Um, But, I mean, before Corona hit, I was doing a lot of modeling. Um, I've been doing, um, like, L.A., New York, and Miami, like, uh, Fashion Week and Swim Week. So a lot of modeling since the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, sponsorships for, you know, social media and stuff like that. You go. Thank you. Trying. Trying here. Adore you. I think you're awesome. Love watching you. you. Uh, So let's get your social media and – Instagram, Twitter. It's a uh, Casey L Cohen, Casey with a K, A S E Y L Cohen, um, on all handles. Good. Makes it easy, right? Way to get it equal on every field. That's awesome. I had to. I can't make it complicated. <laughs> oh, okay. So everybody, watch Below Deck Med. Follow Casey and tweet that we want her back. Thank you so much for your time. I think you're Thank really you for freaking me. cool. Thank you. Are, you so too. you're in Long Island right now? Yeah. I'm in, Are you New, in York. New York. Yeah. Okay, let's just meet up. Should we be friends? Like, can we hang? Can we, please? Can we be best friends? I would love that. Oh okay, my God, yeah. I'm so excited. Well, I'll text you in five minutes as your best. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.